Create an Unstoppable Life, episode number 102. Create an Unstoppable Life is all about mindset for the high achiever to help you build a life of fulfillment and freedom. I'm your host, Dina George, MD, a mindset and marketing coach and a family medicine physician. It's an honor to spend time with you today. Welcome back. Today, you are going to meet Dr. Coben Solberg. He's an anesthesiologist and so much more. Here to tell you about his journey in life, his journey as an entrepreneur, his journey that has taken his life in an amazing direction. And you can too. So meet Dr. Solberg, and I'll see you next time. Welcome to the podcast. We are so honored that you're here. And today we have an amazing guest. You're going to love him. We were introduced by Christy Angevine, who is an amazing physician entrepreneur in Oregon, and today you are going to meet Coben Solberg. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Please tell everyone what you're up to, and through this episode, if it's okay with you, we'll go through what your journey has been to get to this point. Of course. I'd love to share that. So my name's Coben Solberg. I'm currently in private practice as an anesthesiologist in beautiful Bend, Oregon. I also took time during the pandemic to realize a dream of mine, which was to start a financial planning business, which is focused on helping physicians find their purpose and achieve financial freedom. And perhaps the most amazing thing right now is my wife's pregnant with our first child. So that's keeping us busy. That is so cool. When is the due date? Early October. Can you tell us before going into the story of what got you here, the why behind your business and becoming a physician entrepreneur? Well, there's two reasons. I think one of them is to serve my fellow physicians. And as I'll tell my story a little bit later, I saw a need for physicians to learn more about personal finance and have help along the way. And now that I'm doing it to learn the purpose and the driving factors behind my colleagues, it's so much fun for me. It's figuring out a plan and helping them pay off student loans is fantastic. But to me, the big motivator is helping them find their purpose and letting them rediscover that. And for me as an individual, after 10 or 15 years in medicine, there was it was almost like an itch that I knew I wanted to do more. And I've been to law school. I've done lots of other crazy things in my past, but I just knew there were other things that I wanted to learn. And starting a business was one of those things. And it's interesting because my wife often asked, she was like, isn't this good enough? I said, we have a great life. I love our lives, but I know that I can do more. I need to do more. I kept trying to push that off, but finally I started listening. Was there something in particular that drove you to answer that calling? Was there something you were seeing? Was there something you were feeling? So I was an attending at OHSU. That was my first job out of residency. And pretty quickly, my interrupt teaching for my anesthesia residents would focus on financial planning. It just started organically in that I was just paying off all of my student loans. And so I'd start to talk to the residents, mostly about all the dumb mistakes that I made during residency, whether that was ignoring every single piece of mail for my student loan servicers, getting into credit card debt, 
not saving at the time. It was a natural introduction because I was like, look, I made all these mistakes. I don't want you guys to make mistakes. And residents started asking more and more to talk to me about those issues. And then some of the young attendings would come up and ask me. It quickly became apparent that nobody was talking about this, that they weren't getting this information. Certainly they never got it in medical school. There's some great websites out there now and a lot more people talking about it, but there's such a need. For me, I think one of the biggest causes of stress for residents, part of that is learning how to be a great doctor, but part of it is that they're sitting in hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt and don't know what to do about it. And they don't have anyone to talk to. So they just ignore it until they can't anymore. And I imagine that the biggest thing that they can picture is paying off that loan debt. But you help them to think bigger than that, yeah? You know, to me, the numbers are just the start of it. To me, it's figuring out the why behind it. Like, why do you want to get debt-free? What are you saving for? What do you want your life to look for? And I think for many physicians, it's a question that we even forgot how to ask because we spent so many years training and taking care of other people. And even once you graduate, you're still always going to be caring for patients. That's what our job is. That's one of the things that's so amazing about being a physician. But I think so many of us forget to ask, what do I want? What's important to me? What's my purpose? It really is amazing seeing that light go back on in their eyes and say, yeah, these things are important to me. And the path to entrepreneurship is not linear, logical, or goal-directed necessarily. What did you have to unlearn to get to this place in your life? How much time do we have? That's a big list. I think first and foremost, it's not listening to a lot of the voices in your head that say, what are you thinking? Who are you to do this? You're a physician. Why isn't this good enough? Or who are you to want more? And the other big lesson to unlearn was this needing to be perfect. I get the sense from talking to lots of physicians, we all think pretty similarly in that there's always more information. There's always another book. There's always something else we can learn before we take action. And in the clinical setting, that may be appropriate in many cases, but if you apply that in your personal life, it just is treacherous. And trust me, I spent years and years learning more about finance, learning what tests they need to take. At some point, you need to take action and you're not going to know every answer. And that has to be okay. Yeah. It's easy to stay in the student mode of, I need to learn more. I need to learn more. I need to learn more versus I need to get in the exam room and see the patient. Because that's where the real learning is getting out there Absolutely. and talking about what you do, how you do it, and what becomes possible for the person that you want to serve. And that's completely different than reading a book. It's much scarier not to have the answer, but to really know that you'll be able to figure it out. Can you talk about your journey to being an entrepreneur? Sure. I'll back up a little bit. And in doing a little bit of reflection, I realized that even my journey through medicine has been pretty unique. At least it looks that way from the outside. To me, it feels totally normal. But I went to med school in Utah and probably spent more time skiing than I did in class. And after my second year of med school, I took a three-year leave of absence to attend University of Pennsylvania Law School and earn that degree. And part of that was to learn the law and to learn how to interact and do healthcare policy. At least that's what the initial thought was. From the outside, people are like, why are you going to law school? I'm like, why not? It's something I want to learn. I think it'll be a useful skill. It really has helped, whether that's through residency. And certainly now that I'm in private practice, I use that legal training all the time. And so I recognize that I've done things a little bit differently. And then when I took my first job at OHSU, 
and started teaching residents. And then quickly that developed into a curriculum for my anesthesia residents. That was four or five lectures. This was after hours. And I co-partnered with a close friend who is a certified financial planner. And we did those together for many years. And more and more, I thought, this is a lot of fun. I could see doing this as a job. And so I would talk to Justin more and more. I said, do you think I'd be good at that? And he said, yeah, you can totally do it. Running a business is different than what you've been doing. So this was probably four or five years after I graduated residency. That spark was there, but still I didn't do anything with it until a few years later when one of my best friends was diagnosed with brain cancer and ultimately ended up dying. He was like a big brother to me, kept me out of a lot of trouble, (laughs) but he was a physician as well. He was an anesthesiologist. He was part of the reason I chose anesthesia. And it was a big wake-up call that none of us know how much time we have here. And Each of us have gifts that only we can bring into the world. And for me, this was one of them. It was helping my colleagues find out their own purpose and get financially free. And that really started motivating me to learn more of the nitty gritty of, okay, if I'm going to do financial planning, I have to have this certification. I need to take this test. I can talk to these people to help me set up my business. But it was a lot of stop and starting throughout because of all those fears and voices inside your head that tell you that. You can't do it. So Justin is Justin Harvey of APM Wealth, who is a phenomenal individual and has a podcast that's geared towards anesthesia. Did you and your wife influence him to move out to Oregon? (laughs) Dina, it's so funny how small this world is sometimes. His wife was a medical student at OHSU while I was there. So I'm sure we worked together. His wife now is a resident where I trained at Penn. And now they're coming back. We're trying to get them to bend, but they wanted to come back independent of us, but I'm trying to get them down to bend. It is a small world. And it's great when great people are connected. Yes. I think one of the most fantastic things about being an entrepreneur is that you can bring together these areas that look very disparate in life. You can bring them together and package them and offer them for the betterment of others. So you can bring your experience in law school and your ability to review a contract and things to consider and things that are big red flags, you can point that out to your clients. The focus is on finances. You can show them how a contract is definitely going to affect their life and how a few thousand dollars or $10,000 or $30,000 over time is a huge difference. And there's a reason to negotiate and there's leverage. You can show them that leverage to negotiate. And then your experience working in different settings, working in a field that has call and looking at the influence or impact of taking more call or having a choice to take less call. Like you get to bring this all together and offer it to your clients. What do you think? It's so funny how life works sometimes because often I made these decisions independent of each other, whether that was to go to med school or law school. But you know, in the last year or two, it really does feel like these different learning opportunities throughout my life are coming together to offer something really unique and help people in a really unique way. I think about my legal training. I can't undo the way my brain thinks now. And so for me, it's just natural. And it's very easy to dismiss how important that can be until you start talking to other people. And again, like you say, with those red flags, to me, they're like, 
big and bold and very obvious, but to most people, especially most people in medicine, they're not even aware that those landmines are there at all. And so it has helped me reinforce how valuable that can be. And what's fun about it is for me, it's interesting and challenging and straightforward and easy in many ways for my colleagues and clients that I help. And for them, it's like pushing a boulder uphill. And I'm like, no, it doesn't have to be that way. Let's go around the side. And so that part's been a lot of fun. We've talked about unlearning. And I'm a huge believer that as physicians, we have to unlearn a number of things to become an entrepreneur. What have you had to learn? Perhaps the biggest lesson is learning to trust myself and that I can figure something out. And that the most important thing is staying in motion. Try something. If it works, keep doing it until it doesn't work and then try something new. The other thing that I've had to learn that's probably a bigger struggle for me personally is asking for help. I'm so worried that someone will think less of me or think that I don't know what I'm doing. But in my business, I have to ask for help all the time, whether it's helping do all the setting up of the business, whether it's a specific question on financial planning that I may not have encountered before, whether it's getting someone to help me update my website. And it's really humbling. And it's definitely a muscle that the more you use it, the better you get at it. But If I can remember what my purpose is and what that why is and who I'm serving, it takes all that away from me. It takes some of that pressure off, makes it much easier to ask for help. So listeners might have an idea that you're an overnight success. Is it true? Far from it. If you could see all the thoughts that go running through my head on a constant basis or how long I've been thinking about this and working on it. They often don't see all the work that goes into it in preparation. But yeah, it's been certainly a multi-year process. Can you share some wisdom or insight about what you've learned in terms of being your own cheerleader, kind of tapping into that space to take the next step? Yeah, that's a really great question. It's almost like finding new joy and excitement in learning in a way that I haven't had in a long time. And I think for me, what helps the most is focusing on who I'm serving and why I want to serve them. And when I struggle, a great question that I learned to ask is, who do I need to become in order to serve my client? It's an inspiring question. It can be something really small. It can be something really big. And by focusing on who I'm serving, it's almost like it gives me more courage to try it, even if I fail, if I don't get it perfect. And I remember when I was first starting, the voices in my head were just outrageous and telling me all the things I didn't know, all the reasons that this wouldn't work. And, but when I go talk to friends and colleagues and share what I'm doing, A, they're all really excited for me. At least no one to my face is saying, man, I don't know what he's thinking. He's going to fall off a cliff with that one, but they're really excited. And they're like, oh my gosh, Either I need to talk to you or I have a friend that needs to talk to you. So that's been really gratifying as well. But learning that focus of control and is internal. And that's that's something I think that we all have. And instead of chasing like how many clients or your grade on a test score, it's internal. And just knowing that you're doing the best you can. I think one of the things that we've talked about in the past is how fear, doubt, uncertainty, guilt, shame, they scream for most of us. And calm, confidence, wisdom, certainty are very quiet. And it's a matter of shifting our attention 
looking at the noise and separating it out and then looking at where our true wisdom comes from and the clarity comes from. It's not listening to the noise. It's listening to what's inside, going back to that why, focusing on who you serve, focusing on how they're hurting or suffering. Because I imagine it breaks your heart when you see $300,000, $400,000 in debt in a resident. It is. And I will tell you, and for all of your listeners, it's something I still have to work on to find that why and to hear the quiet voices instead of the screaming voices. So I don't have this all figured out yet either. But yeah, thinking about those that I serve, I still get to work with med students where I'm at and was talking to a fourth year med student just in the last few weeks who owed somewhere around $400,000. And I said, so what are you going to do about it? Like who holds that? Where is the money? How much are you paying? And didn't know any of the answers to that. And I said, okay, well, here's a couple small things you can do to just to get started, just to figure this out as you walk through your residency. And what's heartbreaking is I see a lot of the enthusiasm and excitement in the med students because they don't know what they don't know. And then you see someone who's finishing up their residency or starting their career and they look around and they say, is this it? I sacrificed all those birthdays and holidays and sleep and my physical well-being for this. And they still feel stuck and they still don't have the answers. So it is, it's heartbreaking. Right. And making decisions based on, am I able to pay back this debt or am I able to make the next student loan payment? And just how that affects how many choices they have. Can they get up and move? Can they take a lower paying job? Can they take less call? Yikes, it's a difficult one if it feels like you're climbing straight up a mountain. Well, I think we all know, right? In physicians, if there's anything we know how to do really well, it's to put our head down and grind away and work harder. We all know how to do that really well, right? That's how we got through residency. That's how we've gotten through a good chunk of our careers. But at some point that fails. And the whole world had a huge stress test this last year with COVID. And I think it impacted physicians in a variety of ways. In some places, physicians were working like crazy in the ICU and just seeing death all around them. For a lot of us in procedural areas, I was working maybe 20% as much. And thankfully for our family, because of our financial decisions, not only was it okay, it was actually great for me to be able to spend time with my wife that I haven't spent in years, just outside walking the dog talking was wonderful. I also saw a lot of my colleagues who either had to take out personal lines of credit or had to freeze their mortgage or freeze their student loans or do all these sorts of things because they didn't know how they'd pay their bills. And I think for a lot of them, it was eye-opening that A, that they were living month to month and they didn't realize they were. And B, that they thought they had these really secure careers that they had made all these sacrifices for this secure job that maybe wasn't quite so secure. And not only was there the fear of getting sick, but the bigger fear, like, how do I take care of my family? It should not be this way. So that's the part that's so frustrating. For sure. I imagine a lot of people who are listening to this episode have a calling, have an aching, have a yearning for something bigger. What are the first steps? Just get started. It doesn't even matter how you start. I think so many of us want it to be perfect, want that first step to be in the right direction or absolutely perfect and know the outcome before you get started. And you're not going to, and that's okay. When I really think about what I'm trying to do with my business, 
for all of my clients. I want to live in a world where everyone is shining as bright as they can be, where they're doing that thing that only they can do and bringing that gift into the world. And when I think about the kind of world that is, it is so abundant and so amazing. Like selfishly, I implore you just to get started because I want to be in that world too. (laughs) So it really is just about taking steps and taking another step. And then it starts to feel a little less uncomfortable. I think things that can be really helpful is having a support network. Coaching can be incredibly helpful. Ask for help, but just get started instead of trying to learn more and do more and be perfect. Just get started. Right. And I think the easiest way to get started is to start talking because it's a completely different story when it's stuck in our mind and we're just thinking about it versus when we actually share it. We share the idea, we share the calling, we share that there is a calling and we're not really sure. But the more we're talking about it, and you mentioned a variety of ways. So it might be starting with someone you love, someone you trust, in a network of others who, if it's an entrepreneurial experience, developing that community and talking about it there. And you don't have to have the answers because you can't possibly have the answers until you find them, which really means until you create them. So start talking. Exactly. What's been amazing, I think there's a lot of physicians who are thinking about whether it's a side gig or whatever you want to talk about, second career, but it's so amazing the support that I found. I'm in a lot of the financial planning groups and They're so supportive. There's people who've been doing this for 20 years and they're like, wait, you're an anesthesiologist and now you're doing financial planning. And they're like, that's crazy, but that's amazing. I'm so glad you're here. How can we help? And it is. Once you start talking, people start helping and you realize the support that you didn't know was there. And I think there's so many of us in medicine now who are doing a variety of things that there's a lot of people that are so willing to help. I love that. Start talking. Start talking because what you do when you start talking is you're inviting others into your story to be part of that story, to walk through that story and see where it's going to go and to be a cheerleader, be a supporter, be a listener, be whatever it is that they're capable of being. And we all need that because it's so easy to listen to the noise, right? The fear, the doubt, the need to know how we can't possibly know how until we create it as an entrepreneur. This is not like working as a physician. What else do you No, that's the scary part, right? You don't know the answer. And in medicine, we know you go to med school, you know how to get through that. You know how to apply and get through residency. This is something totally new. And it's part of what makes it fun is it can be whatever you want it to be. It's all a story. And so you can create the story that you want. What story are you looking forward to with your business? What does that future look like? It's honestly, Dina, it's a day like today. So I'm sitting here and it's about... 70 degrees. This is the first sunny day all week. It's been raining, which is actually really needed here. I got up and had coffee and then went on a two-hour bike ride with my wife and our dog. And it's great that my wife's still biking, even though she's pregnant. It's a lot of fun. And then I spent some time working on my business. So I was helping, was getting a couple of different plans started for a few clients and then taking care of working on the business. So just taking care of some of the compliance and whatnot. And then I get to talk to you and get to share this message. What I try and do is a little more learning and education for myself and more flexibility for myself and my family, taking care of myself, learning something new, challenging myself. And part of the motivation was being able to do this job from anywhere so that I could travel and and play and be outside with family and friends 
and still do a great job. In fact, the more that I think about it, when I think back to medical school, there'd be times where I really need to buckle down. I can't go skiing this week. We have this big test. I wouldn't ski and inevitably I do terrible on that test. But the weeks where I was skiing a little bit and studying a lot, for me, I need that in my life. And since moving to Bend, I recognize how important those parts of my life are. And you talk about learning or unlearning. Like One of the lessons I've had to learn is I can have this really amazing, successful business and still play and still travel and still set boundaries on my work so that I can create the life that I want. One of the greatest gifts that I have given to myself is the ability to practice medicine on my terms, which means the amount of time that I want to spend in the hospital, the number of days that I want to spend in the hospital. What's one of the greatest gifts or several gifts that you've given to yourself? Well, one that I just talked about is that for me, one of the things that I need so that I feel whole is to spend time outside every single day. And it was a choice that my wife and I made to move to Bend about two and a half years ago where I can mountain bike out my front door and there's rivers that we can paddle on and the skiing is 20 minutes away. And that's important. And I'm going to prioritize that and make time for that every single day. I really like what you said about medicine. That's one that I've started learning in the last few years that I want to be able to practice medicine on my own terms and know how much I'm willing to give. And I think one of the gifts, when I think back about this past year with COVID, for me personally, I bet for a lot of physicians, for the first time, we saw how much we were sacrificing and how much time we were working and how much we were missing with our families and with ourselves. And it was a hard reset where we got to say, I don't have to give that much. I'm going to choose how much I'm going to give to this part of my life. At least for me, I think had that not happened, it would have been much harder to make that an active conscious decision. If you were to go back to a year ago and tell yourself something, what would you say? I would just tell myself how proud I am for getting started and trying. And there's certainly going to be struggles. There's certainly going to still be days where you think, man, what am I doing? This is so much harder than I thought. But at the end of the day, it's again, there's not the same sort of metrics and external validation that you're used to seeing in medicine. And it really is more an internal process and just keep going. It's a ton of fun. I did the exercise recently and my response was, I would say what you're doing right now may not feel so good, but it's going to bring you so much joy in the future. (laughs) That's great. I think that's totally appropriate. Right? Because growth in the moment doesn't feel so good. It does. (laughs) And it's usually learning things the hard way or what we perceive as the hard way at the time. Right. At the end of the day, you don't know what the outcome is going to be, what you would like it to be. And you're creating that, but you have to let go of that a little bit and be willing to change and pivot and learn along the way. A very favorite friend of mine says, you either get the results you wanted or the lesson you needed. (laughs) So it's always learning and then seeing what to implement again and what not to. Yeah, that's great. All right. Final words of wisdom. No pressure. This is from a great book that I just finished, but the quote is, if you don't prioritize your life, someone else will, whether you're thinking about starting a business or not, really 
step back and ask yourself what your purpose is and what it is that you want in this world. Because I know for each of you listening out there that you have something inside of you that's screaming out for a little bit more and give that a little space and bring that into the world because we all benefit from that and just get started. So thankful for you and for your message and for your business and for you helping other physicians, likely preserving their careers, preserving their families to build wealth. Thank you for being here today. Thank you so much, Dina. Those are very kind words and I appreciate all that you do for physicians as well. Where can people find you? You can find me at my website, which is greeleywealth.com. It's G-R-E-E-L-E-Y wealth. Uh, or you can reach me at coben at greeleywealth.com. So I'd love to talk to you. And I'll put that in the description for the episode. Thank you again. Thank you so much. Create clarity and simplicity with all of your marketing so that the people you serve know how you can help them. As a StoryBrand certified guide, I help physicians create this to launch or grow any type of business. Sign up for a consult call with me at georgemdcoaching.com.